Monday, February 4th. And as you are listening to this, uh, this week's LA podcast, you have either spent all night rioting because the, the Rams won the Super Bowl <laughs> and you woke up underneath uh, your neighbor's Prius or... <laughs> Or you were riding all night because they lost the Super Bowl. Right. Or you're it's outside. that kind of town. You're outside. It's going to be a riot either Stan way. Stan Kroenke's house. <laughs> <laughs> you're not sure why. Um, yeah. Uh, Scott Frazier is Davenport and Alyssa Walker. We are on the sort of on the road this week. We're at Alyssa's. We're in Alyssa's garage. Right Alyssa's now. garage. We're recording this during the game. Right. Just to be like the contrarian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, oh, sports ball. Did you guys uh, see the, there was, there was uh, some, like, there were requests for us to do commentary on the game, like a live. Like a live. Wow. This is our version of that, basically. Yeah. It's not live and we're not really watching, <laughs> but we are doing it simultaneously to the game taking place. I have a contrarian opinion, actually, about... Uh, People, everyone's saying that LA doesn't care about the Rams. I think that is mostly an LA basin, like mm, privileged mm-hmm. LA opinion. Mm. I went to one game earlier this year, so that gives me the authority to talk about this. Right. And it was wild. I think I talked about it on the show a little bit. And I think people, based on just the people I was talking to, a lot of people just drive in from outer LA County or like other. Uh, places that are not like the LA basin. So the LA basin doesn't care about the Rams, but I think uh, outside of LA, a lot of people do. And it's older people who like the Rams when they were here. And Mm, um, mm -hmm. I was going to say, yeah, people outside of LA, like in St. Louis. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you? you, They're not mad. You you claim St. Louis a little bit, right? That's where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I claim them. I I claim them. Anyone have an LA story from this week? I mean, my LA story is kind of, it, I, I did, I'm doing a better job of managing the rain this time around. Okay. I, I don't know if the experience has, I, I'm, I'm a weathered uh, storm pro at this point, but I've been trying to, um, I guess this is the last of my uh, post Christmas remodels. I'm trying to get a mirror up on the wall. I've been kind of having this uh, terrible crisis where I, I've been like trying to figure out how to either use like digital implements to figure out how far apart screws need to be (laughs) or analog ones like a tape measure. And I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm easing into like the elderly uh, LA millennial. Um, I, I feel like that's just my lot in life now where I'm not that good with the, the digital stuff. But I'm also not very good. I never learned how to use a lot of the older tools either. So I'm just kind of like, I don't know, doddering around my house, trying to, just like hoping that I can figure out uh, how to finish decorating my my apartment. But you didn't get any leaks or anything? You know, we got some water blowing in through the back door. Uh, it's been, I don't know, kind of nice to have the uh, the Angelino excuse to just sort of hunker down and yeah, not leave. Mm-hmm. home for a while what about the dogs or the dogs just they hate going insane yeah they yeah. really don't like it yeah anyway. what about you Alyssa? I, I would say also the rain i i felt like i was surprised by every storm this week like it was always more intense and more rain than i thought it was going to be and the river today looked like that was like the highest and scariest yeah, i feel like i had seen it wild. in a long time yeah i didn't even see it 
I mean, it, it was, it was sh- like up to the bridges. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it looked like rapids, you know, coming Ooh. through the red car, like pylons. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty intense. So I would say I was happy. And we were going to talk about rainfall totals. Maybe that's what you're. That is my LA story. LA story that's all I do <laughs> when it rains. I was out of town, but I spent the whole time refreshing. Uh, I have multiple sites. I'll go to the National Weather Service site for um, the weather station. And uh, at USC is the official one for LA, which is kind of annoying. It's uh, KCQT is like the call sign or whatever. But last night, for example, in Silver Lake, I know it rained like buckets late right. at night. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't touch USC at all. Oh. So that doesn't count for our totals. So my wife is texting me about how much it's raining. I'm excitedly refreshing wow. the, the page. <laughs> and and we, nothing. But we got nothing hmm. for the official number, which for some reason carries a lot of weight when they talk about how successful the rain year was in LA, they're just talking about how much it rained on, on USC in this giant mm. County. Um, like you, the USC number is the only number that matters. That is kind yeah. of interesting. I like, I feel like at a certain point in time that would make, that would have made sense. And I, I guess as far as having historical comparisons, that still makes sense. But like, pretty easy now to like the the air quality index thing that we've talked about the the uh, um, air visual app or whatever um they now like let you basically set up an air quality monitoring station in your house yes and you can just see all over the basin what the air quality is with that it seems like the technology is there to create an average or something like that Mm -hmm. to get to an official number but luckily even though we're just looking at the usc number we are ahead of schedule Very this year. Much, yeah. wow. We had a great January. Uh, we got six inches in wow. January, and the average is only three. That's good. So that put us way ahead. Uh, up, up until then, we were right at average. Baseline, yeah. So January was great. Uh, and so we ended January 2.77 inches ahead. And now, as of 552 on Sunday, we have 2.15 inches in February. Damn. Wow. Uh, and the average for February is uh, 3.8. Oh, my gosh. We're so killing we're, it. So we really are doing great. We're pretty close uh, to the, the to the annual average of 14.7 inches. That's what we're Already trying to get for to. for the whole year. But typically, at least since I've lived here, it's basically only been either uh, El Nino flood condition, mm-hmm. like crazy rain or full drought conditions. It's pretty unusual in my experience to get a 13 uh, a to normal, 15. Yeah. yeah. And right. a, a, an actual normal year. Right. Um, but it would be great if we, um, if we got a big one, except until next year when we get a drought and right. then we get fires. <laughs> I say, this, this is kind of like the, the unspoken uh, subtext of every storm is that it could very well be the last one for like several years. Yeah, it could be the last one and it could lead <laughs> to even more disaster by increasing the right. plant growth. Right. That was the problem uh, with that, last year. That fully dries yeah. out a year later. Um, right. And, burns and kills people um so <laughs> with that but for now we gotta enjoy it for now we need uh you know we need rain okay let's talk about the big news of the week. everyone's like when are they gonna talk about the the huge news that happened this week uh and it's kind of an absence of of news <laughs> there is there it's, is a garcetti shaped hole yeah. in the presidential <laughs> campaign it's like the silhouette of like all the people running and not running his is still just uh-huh. like yeah. blanked out like <laughs> it'll never yeah it'll never 
materialize. Uh, Garcetti uh, made a medium announcement. He gathered, it was press only. Well, right? it wasn't even all press because I certainly did not get an invitation. <laughs> it wasn't like the press list where everybody yeah. on his press list got the invitation. Like people were clearly chosen wow. to I'm cover this announcement. I'm you weren't chosen. You're one of the people for whom this announcement would be like best received. I mean, it was a life-changing day for me, <laughs> I would say, uh, in many ways. Um, but it, the word just started to get out and some journalists started posting on Twitter that an announcement was being made at 5 p.m., yeah. which launched all the rest of the journalists into this game of trying to find out what was going on. And I think Politico picked up in the early afternoon that this announcement was going to be that Garcetti was not running. Yeah. So they scooped him, which was like, I don't know, kind of (laughs) rude. You want him to make his own announcement. But what was weird is when you get these kind of announcements where there's no content attached to it, it's just like press conferences being held. Yeah. Yeah. But the two clues that we knew early on was that it was being held inside of City Hall. And Mm. you're probably not going to announce your candidacy for president inside City Hall. You you might not be able to. That's kind of a a no-no ethically. Let's let's speculate. Where would it have been had he announced that he was running for president? That's a good question. I, You've yeah. attended some of these. Where, where, what is the weirdest location? Like, would it, it be have, in L.A.? I, that's, what I was, that, that's what I was just about to ask. Well, we would had it have speculated been in LA? about it being in D.C. In when DC. he was in yeah. D.C., which but, I still but think But D.C. So. is the one place in America that he says is not America. That's true. Right. <laughs> that was a big part of his stub speech. There's D.C. and then huh. there's the real and then America. There's real America. Um, yeah. So if if it were, uh, I think if it were going to go forward, it would have been here and it would have been, I don't know. Like on the sidewalk in front of City Hall. Grand Park or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could have been Grand Park. Park. Could have been a school to like capitalize yeah. on the, the... The Barack Obama preparatory um, yeah. school. Which they... Well, I'm going to go with that as my answer. Didn't they just name um, the highway? Oh, right. They too? named the it 134. Been the, it could have yeah. been the highway. And the highway. Not. Right on the highway. So uh, it was a crazy day just for press to be trying to figure out what was going on and trying to get to the bottom of it. And then, of course, the political story came out. We all knew. But then for two two more hours, there were still all these different rumors being shared and people trying to, you know, still make a big deal out of it. But I think we kind of knew. And then it was kind of a, you know, it was very, you're right, very quiet announcement. Very, yeah. just very. Our friend Julia Wick uh, posted that uh, this could have been an email. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true. And like, we all were really wondering, like, what is the point of making such a big deal out of this whole thing? Which I think is something I want to talk about is like, why? Yeah. You can kind of tell Garcetti was a theater kid in another life. <laughs> I mean, in this, in this life, <laughs> in this I life. think. Uh, but so, so let's talk about the, the substance of what he had to yes. say. I think that one of the most striking things to me and a lot of other people that I saw online was that Garcetti said uh, that the strike was a kick in the pants to him mm-hmm. that made him realize that L.A. had issues that required his attention. That actually, he said that the city deserved his attention. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about dessert. Let's talk yes. about L.A. deserving its mayor's attention. Had we known that we were auditioning, I guess we could have been trying harder this whole time. To, to earn the mayor's attention. I mean, honestly, it, it made me think of like, if you said about your child, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I realized my kids. Your tantrum that you threw finally made me realize that I had been yeah. ignoring you. Yes. For or, or, months. Yes. And, the, and they're saying that my child deserved my attention. Yeah. The question, like, shouldn't that be kind of obvious? And I think you could also <laughs> say that about the mayor and the city yes. that he ran to be mayor of twice. Yeah. No, I, I think it, it should kind of go without saying that that the city and I think this is this is something that has made a lot of people really angry with Garcetti, especially during his second term. I mean, this is a guy who was elected uh, in a low turnout election, but with an overwhelming majority of the vote, mm-hmm. he was he was reelected. Um, but ever since his second term started, a lot of people have been saying the mayor doesn't really seem like he cares or is invested in things going on in the city. And that is kind of echoed across uh, political stripes and um, and affinities. Yeah. But now, according to him, turning over a new leaf does, did not particularly say, I haven't been paying attention. He just said, the city deserves for me to pay attention. So I don't, I don't even know what to really make of that, aside from if it's true, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, good. I mean, there's something a little bit, uh, and we should say before we get too cynical about it, uh, that this is the right decision. We all yes, agree absolutely uh, uh, for him not to run for president, for him to uh, pay attention to the city of L.A., but there was something kind of gaslighty about the whole announcement. Yeah, uh, you you picked out a quote, Scott, uh, where he says it may be out of vogue today, but I kind of believe that whenever possible, you should finish the job you set out to do. Right. And it was kind of like, well, why were we? We weren't all talking about <laughs> this because we were just like speculating that you should be president. Like this was kind of your idea. I would say it's extremely in vogue. Uh, I would like th- this is not something that mayors actually do. And that, yes. that has been a, a <laughs> focus. It's very of, in vogue uh, to it's, finish your dirt. It's very in vogue. It's, it's something that uh, the media coverage focused on um, almost exclusively. The fact that no mayor has ever successfully <laughs> made a leap like it's this. very fashionable for mayors to not to run not for run. <laughs> but, uh But yeah, I agree. It is, it is kind of gaslighting for, for Garcetti to go up there and be like, well, I don't know if it's just me, but I kind of just really care about the city yeah. of LA. And, and really it was for job. a long time, everyone, but him, everyone but him who had, who, who had this opinion. Uh, and it also sort of runs counter to his spoken rhetoric for a long time about how he could run the city fine just as efficiently as recently on as the campaign a trail. week and a half yes. ago, 10 days ago, he yes. was still saying, whether or not I'm in LA, I'm still doing the the duties of mayor to, to the fullest extent that anybody could expect me to. Yeah. Uh, so Scott, you put together a list of uh, of lightning round questions that I really like about the the, <laughs> the Garcetti earthquake from this week. Okay. Yeah. So so let's let's talk about this a little bit because we've been talking about the Garcetti uh, the the would be candidacy of Eric Garcetti for a long time now. Uh, and it has been prematurely extinguished. So uh, what, what do you guys think is the real reason he's not running? Do you want to start, Hayes? I think he doesn't think he can win and probably thinks he got as much out of it as he needed in terms of profile raising. But I think um, also, uh, okay, I'm, I'm taking too many, Alyssa. I'm really sorry. 
uh, and I hope I'm not taking yours. I think the Howard Schultz campaign uh, was the like maybe the final nail. Yeah, in the that's casket. interesting. I, like they got to him, or they no. He likes- I think the Schultz campaign honestly bit a lot of Garcetti's material. Oh, the, like the, the kind of hand bringing wavy, everybody together, centrifying yeah. force. Yeah. Uh, some, somebody versus that all of us. Everyone can right. agree on is actually somebody that nobody wants and and honestly that campaign has been uh, we we talked a little bit about the extent to which some of our perception might be um caused by our our uh media and political bubbles that we're in but the schultz campaign has been <laughs> uniformly savage yes uh, across everybody's <laughs> bubbles yes um, maybe even worse in polling than it is in the media somehow maybe maybe convincing garcetti that there wasn't a whole lot of room to grow on, yes. that, on that particular messaging um, Alyssa, what do you think? I I do wonder. I mean, it, it's the whole way this has concluded, and I do hope it has concluded. It, it has that made me wonder. Stay tuned again. I don't know. Yeah, does he run next time? I don't. Know. But um, I I do in a weird way wonder if this was just like a PR campaign for the city and his role in the city and it just was never going to ever be about it it was just like we could stoke the rumors for as long as possible to bring attention to the work that's being done that he has you know led over the last few years I and think that's, you're being generous saying that it was a uh, PR campaign for the city well yeah. yeah the work he has done for the city yes. I guess or yeah. for the you know, With conference of mayors. Right. So but that's just what I wonder is it is it is that a really easy way to get uh coverage mm-hmm. of your initiatives and with things like the Olympics and all these other um, efforts that he's been kind of behind on the national scale. You know, I had to go through this list to write our story on curbed when the news was about to break and try to figure out what people knew him for and what he had actually done and going through all these things. And I mean I think like a very easy way to get attention for what you're doing is to pretend like you might be running and to be very coy about it for a year and a half or how long it's ever been. So I see the same thing. I keep coming back to like the climate change stuff where he's the um, head of the climate mayors, which is this coalition of 400 mayors who are doing stuff to try to reduce emissions and other initiatives. And it just played so well into that coverage of that, you know, standing up against to Trump and like doing all these things. So just having those rumors around it, like really helped that narrative. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. that's maybe part of it. I, for my part, I've kind of gone back and forth on this. Um, I, I put something on Twitter where I was saying like, I feel like Garcetti seems like he is as indecisive as he's always characterized as being after this process. I don't know whether or not that's actually the case. I'm sure there's some sort of like real politics stuff going on behind the, the scenes. But, um, but Garcetti is a person who is always characterized as having trouble making uh, tough stands, staking his uh, personal capital on specific uh, initiatives and after this, uh, this is something that has been uh, like louder than whisperings for um, uh, since the start of his second term, at least. 
and um, for it to kind of just end so uh, anticlimactically like this, you do kind of get the sense of a person who is like really wrestling on a personal level with um, just an inability to commit politically to doing something like politics. uh, When we think of presidential politics, uh, Donald Trump, uh, like even set aside, this is uh, this is a region where enormous egos reign and you have a lot of personalities in here who, even if they were set told you're going to get completely washed in this campaign, you don't have a chance. They would say, screw you. I'm yeah. doing it anyway. The fact that this has been workshopped for years and years and the ultimate decision was, I'm just not going to do it mm-hmm. seems a little bit, um, like maybe he's not cut out for that, right. uh, arena. The other thing, so what I've been going back and forth on is that uh, I I think that what played into this decision, I, I give a lot of credence to the notion that uh, he was basically frightened out of the uh, campaign by the emergence of other candidates. Hazy mentioned Howard Schultz. I think personally it was probably Kamala. Um, okay. Just because I, I know we've seen a huge amount of backlash to the candidacy of Kamala Harris particularly among uh, leftists and um, like, uh, I don't know, socialists, but that is sort of like the region where tem- uh, Twitter's like the cliche of the temp- right. tempest in a teacup. Yeah. Um, it does not see, it seems like Kamala's rollout sucked a lot of the air out of the room, mm-hmm. particularly among the Democrat donor class. That doesn't mean that she will be elected president, but I think if you're talking about a uh, an Eric Garcetti, who is also... Uh, a liberal from California who wants to woo a lot of the same donors. I think in the immediate aftermath of that, like a week later, we see him ending prematurely his his uh, potential bid. So it, it seems to me like that to him really said, like, there's not enough enthusiasm yeah. for this campaign for me to go forward. I just want to congratulate Scott on the mayor, send a, a chopper to intimidate him <laughs> uh, from... Saying what he had to say, yeah, and you no. went all the way through. You looked scared. I was but, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's been it's been over <laughs> from like it's been over my house for like a week. Like just waiting for the report. Yeah. So okay. I, I, well, I yeah. do. I mean, I think it's worth mentioning. Well, I agree with you that I think a, a lot of the narratives have been staked out. He has nothing to add to this presidential race, but that has been true for a very long time. I do. I think it's worth mentioning that we all kind of heard from different people. I think for a few weeks that he was planning on not running for president. I had heard that from a couple people. Uh, Alyssa, you had heard it from some people. I actually heard the opposite. I heard that he was running without the intention or even like thought that he had a chance of winning. Oh, that's interesting. Recently? Yeah. Okay. Which, Which actually brings up the second question that I have, but go finish here. Well, if it's, if it's true that he was, has not been playing on running for a few weeks, that does suggest that he was just trying to play out the PR aspect of it. Kind well, yeah, of the timing was so perfect. I mean, yes. to go, to be like, wow, I've been thinking after this strike that, ah, uh, I just, I gotta get back in there and take care of my people. And like, it it just another like amazing narrative to bring more national attention to what you're doing, which will hopefully be good things. Yes, that would be great. So I I think we're firmly in my second question now, which was what (laughs) I swear I have not, I have not even looked at these. What does 
What did Garcetti get personally out of this? I'm 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 very curious about this. Chopper's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did Garcetti get out of this? This is a lot of time and energy to invest. I mean, yeah, he got to visit Maine and New Hampshire <laughs> and Missouri and all fine states, I'm sure. But what did what did he actually accomplish here? Well, I think it's kind of ended up being a little bit more embarrassing than that because I don't think the teacher strike was part of this plan and uh, what I, I if mean though? clearly <laughs> now yeah now Kaiser I'm like so I'm saying that but like yes. oh okay but just go back to like before the teacher strike happened and remember when the news broke about the Weezar FBI investigation right and people were kind of like whoa these are two really bad things this yeah. and the potential people, the yeah. looming we teacher said strike. <laughs> many people are saying <laughs> Several people are typing. Um, <laughs> um, but I think, I I just think that it kind of like spiraled out of control. And for the most part, people were maybe just saying, well, yeah, I mean, he would be great, but he just needs to get that homelessness crisis solved and everything will be good. But then I think a few things really like surfaced and got national attention that were not very positive. And I, I you, you read these stories that came out in the week, the, sorry, the days after he said that he wasn't going to run. There was one in the LA times. There was one in the new publication, the land. Is that how we're supposed to say it? Yes. Um, and really just calling him to task for, 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 with a lot of very angry constituents and advocates and other leaders really saying that, you know, we're okay. This means he's getting back to work. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think it was, as far as what your question, the actual question is like, I think it was probably a very different situation even a few weeks ago and he couldn't have seen these two relatively large things, um, that might have changed whatever his intentions were. I, so I think that and this is totally entering the land of speculation, the L.A. end of speculation. I feel like um, the if you have a two year sort of campaign to make yourself the Democratic nominee for president and it falls apart in two weeks. What are you doing? Like, honestly, all the people that are working for Garcetti uh, in whatever capacity are obviously terrible at their jobs. If that is the case, but it he doesn't totally listen to them be. because he said against. Again. <laughs> right. he, that that is totally possible too. I, I I do feel like this entire thing has been somewhat of just a uh, a stalking horse for a future. I mean, so if we look at what he actually did over the course of the past two years. Um, he, he did raise a lot of money for his position within the Democratic Party. He raised a lot of money for a lot of Democratic candidates who have nothing to do with the job that he yeah. holds right now. Uh, he went around and talked to a lot of people and, um, and did the thing that he does where he makes people feel vaguely happy for a while after he uh, speaks to them. So he is good at that. He's good at that. No, no doubt about it. Um, and so the, the question to me is like, is this all laying the groundwork for a future run for some office, whether it's president or senator or governor? And or what everybody's saying is, I don't know if you've heard that we've, have you talked about this, the same thing? Like everyone here is saying that he's going to run for Feinstein's seat. Right. Sure. And that's what I've heard. Right. Which would not be a run, really. It would just be a backroom campaign to be 
Because that CEO isn't coming up for six years. Right. So that, but that's the thing. Like, that seems so far away. So it's like, well, Feinstein, if she finished this term, she would be 90, which could happen. But I think he's hoping to be nominated. Here's how he hopes the dominoes fall at this point, I bet. Kamala Harris wins the presidency. Adam Schiff gets appointed senator in her place. Diane Feinstein uh, wants to spend more time with her family before her term is over. He gets picked for the second seat wow or Schiff wins presidency <laughs> that, either way <laughs> it amounts to, to much the same but I, I think okay so you're right it's not going to be like a straight up like it's a way to get to parlay the national attention to getting appointed for something that it, would be it, it's tough he could I think he could win a senate seat in what is it four years now for Harris's seat right. But it's not going to line up exactly with his term ending. He's going to be out of a job for and a little while, which is Harris, which will sub ideal. Uh, yeah. And he exactly. And he wouldn't run again. Oh, but, OK, so for Feinstein, it would be six years, yeah. which is kind of far away for him. So I, so what I think it all was, I agree with Alyssa that I think it was a miscalculation. I think he lost a lot more than he gained. I think he developed a, a reputation, certainly locally, as kind of a glory hound that wasn't uh, that focused on what was going on in the city wasn't spending yep. a lot of time here and i think the howard schultz campaign is a perfect example of how this can happen i mean that we now basically know that there's a thriving industry of political consultants yep. uh, who convince people that they can be president or that yeah. it would be good for them if people so thought that they were running for president uh there's a guy locally named bill burton who right. is uh worked for obama but is leading uh the howard schultz campaign also ran the measure s uh campaign wow. in la uh and i think they're just these guys that whisper in your ear that say hey raise some money f- to give to us uh and we will you know we'll help you gauge like whether you can be president and worst case scenario you 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 gain a lot uh, more reputation nationally right and it opens up job opportunities for you it didn't work he barely <laughs> made there were like how many polls did he even make it in garcetti i don't think he was really he in, any. in a few it was, was like he? a one percent like yeah. in a few and that was but he was o- a lot of times he was other Yes, exactly. I mean, which doesn't get you name recognition. No, notably, <laughs> that does but not he did get a lot of press because he, he a has a press. very. There was a lot of national stories that were written that would not have been written for any other. Like mm-hmm. they're not being necessarily written about the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who has already announced. You know, I just think that he was able to take scrape together this you know name whatever's name recognition and star power whatever you want to and attention on la and really like whoever coordinated all those interviews and all those stories needs to i think get some kind of award this is where i think like this has been uh whatever happened in the past month let's say has been a california internal uh basically like backroom conversation Uh, the California democratic party is far and away the strongest and healthiest uh, democratic party Mm -hmm. in the country. Um, We, since the time that Obama was elected famously, the, um, the lower rungs of the, the party ladder have been eviscerated nationally. There are not a lot of parties that have a deep bench. So now we have a situation in, uh, 2020, where we have whatever, like five, six, however many California Democratic uh, hopefuls that are considering a run. And 
banking on the fact that we have a lot of wealthy potential donors here. And um, there's o- there's only so many of those people to go around. So I think that there was more than likely some type of communication between Harris and Garcetti, whether it was, hey, if Harris wins the presidency, you're going to get nominated to her seat or whatever. But it does seem to me like that that is it saves Garcetti a lot of embarrassment of actually oh, yeah. having to go into the race, but just oh, trying God. to make himself credible enough that he could. I mean, the timing kind of is campaign. good if they are doing like this partnership. The timing would make a lot of sense because she announced and then it was like a handful of days later that he said no. That's so. true. And Harrison Newsom um, split up uh, senator and governor. These backroom conversations yeah. do it's happen. All, right? It's all already planned. There's nothing we can even do about it. I still think just like basic elements, I do think were an actual failure. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, all the ready for Garcetti Twitter accounts. Oh the God. flagship one was suspended <laughs> <laughs> for being with a, whatever the product of a Russian troll farm or something. Um, <laughs> And they pulled, I'm sure you all saw, they pulled the Ready for Garcetti Urban Beat anthem from YouTube. Immediately. Which is... But not soon enough, we should say. Not soon enough. We have provided maybe the best, the biggest service that the podcast (laughs) will ever provide, (laughs) which is having pulled it for a theme song for the show. So the Ready for Garcetti anthem lives on (laughs) in in our Dropbox. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and now I guess we'll never talk about this again. It feels great. No, never. <laughs> uh, a lot going on in the sheriff's department this week. We have like a share. We usually do the sheriff's department and one, but it's like a and four <laughs> this week. It is a, a lengthy thing. I mean, basically, um, what what happened in the past week or so since um, I don't even know if we talked about this last week. We we go on and on with the sheriff's department. Yeah, essentially, what happened. Uh, we spoke about uh, in, in last week or the week before his episode about Villanueva, our new sheriff's decision to reinstate a deputy, uh, Carlos Mondoyan, who had been a uh, critical element of his campaign, been his driver, been at all of his events, and uh, most crucially was somebody who was convincing people in the deputies union that Villanueva could be trusted to have their backs as, as uh, sheriff's deputies. Uh, the way he was able to do that is because he had been let go from the force because Mandoyan Mandoyan because he had been accused um, by an ex of stalking and domestic abuse, choking, really awful uh, allegations, threatening texts, breaking into her place, really, really awful stuff. Um, that and the ex uh, also a deputy. I don't know if you said that. Uh, no, I did not. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so the Civil Service Commission recommended him for termination, despite the fact that the Civil Service Commission typically sides with the deputies union. Um, Villanueva came in and immediately said that he was going to reinstate Mondoyan and then uh, accused Mondoyan's accuser of basically not being credible because she waited a year. And why did she wait a year before... Uh, making these allegations against somebody who choked and uh, attacked her. And that she made the the accusations after she had left the job. Right. Which, why would someone wait until leaving their job to accuse probably a superior at their office of abuse? Right. 
So uh, that that was all previously. Then uh, Villanueva, in this past week, he had the State of the Department to give, which wasn't a thing that I knew that happened. I didn't either. <laughs> uh, immediately before that, though, the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, who do not have direct control over the sheriff, he's a, an elected officer also, um, but the the Board of Supervisors, who now are four-fifths chaired by women, the uh, Board of Supervisors said that Villanueva should reconsider his decision to do this. Uh, a number of them gave um, pretty strong testimony uh, that they were disturbed by his decision to do this, the message that it sent to the deputies as a whole, the message that it sent to women who were thinking about reporting uh, domestic abuse and uh, allegations such as the ones that Alex Villanueva came out and basically said were nonsense. Um, so they sent, they had their office send him a letter basically asking him to reconsider. And they also are looking into whether or not there is anything that they can do in terms of uh, stopping basically reinstatements like this from happening going forward. That was a pretty unusual move. These are completely separate offices for the mm -hmm. most part, and they don't really uh, become entangled in this way. Very I saw an LA Times editorial that they, they typically call the supervisors the five little kings. Right. And they said they, they are the five little kings no longer, I guess the five <laughs> big kings. And also four of them are queens. Right. Uh, <laughs> I was impressed. Well, that, I mean, it, yeah. we yeah. should just say that for people who don't know. I mean, this was, I think, a really big moment. Huge. And I was, I was very, I, I was kind of shocked that it was, you know, any of these, these things were discussed, but very strong words from, from these county supervisors and, and really coming from the perspective of being women. And that was, yep. that was a really, really great thing to see as a woman. Led by, I think, uh, Catherine Barger, the one Republican on uh, on the board of supervisors. A lot of votes on the board are four to one. Uh, and yeah. I think she, you know, could be stereotyped as the m most like pro cop member of the board as a Republican. Uh, but she was speaking out maybe harsher than anybody in her in her language about uh, him reconsidering this decision. Uh, I do wonder how much of this comes from the fact that because the, the Board of Supervisors has been pretty in line with McDonnell all the way through his administration, uh, including in terms of building huge new jails. I yep. mean, they haven't really been anti sheriff's department so far. Villanueva is something of a rogue agent. Uh, and he ran yeah. this insurgent campaign. I think it is possible that they want to sort of put him in check. Um, as and you know, like make clear that he doesn't uh, have power over them just because he's the he's he's the sheriff. Um, but but I also think it comes from a very genuine place um, of this being a horrible decision. Yeah, I, I think it's it's worth um, it's worth interrogating that because so we have we have Villanueva, uh, who I, I think you're absolutely right ran a. a a campaign, an insurgent campaign against the bureaucratic, I think, as he sees it, leadership of uh, the sheriff's department, yep. which he has a very um, in the trenches mindset of, of what it is to be a sheriff's deputy uh, informed by his multiple decades uh, on staff there. But he, he thinks that 
for instance, people like Jim McDonald, previous sheriff, were uh, everything that is wrong with policing. Um, to that effect, he actually went before the supervisors when they were considering this motion that they uh, ultimately did pass to to basically reprimand him uh, for the Mondrian decision. And he said that... So, so his, his basic argument was... Um, you would agree with me about Mondoyan if you were privy to the information about him, mm-hmm. uh, which I have in his personnel files. It's an interesting argument, especially in light of SB 1421, the new law that we have that uh, is supposed to open up uh, police uh, criminal, oh, not criminal conduct, but uh, police conduct files, um, which the Sheriff's Department has been um, resisting compliance with mm-hmm. in the first month of the year now that they are uh, supposed to be held accountable to that. Um, so he said that Mondoyan had agreed to unseal his records of uh, the the repercussions that he faced as a result of this yep. and that it, he would be a much more sympathetic character after that. But then Mondoyan actually said, no, I don't want to waive my confidentiality yep. the next day. Uh, on that same day, that was Wednesday of last week, Villanueva had his uh, State of the Department where he again said that he uh, he felt like the job of sheriff was to encourage transparency. Um, but he it, it's like he sees himself as an agent of uh, radical reform within the sheriff's department. But I don't feel like there's much of a a follow through aside from what supervisors such as Sheila Kuhl are saying mm-hmm. that he wants to basically just square up all of his buddies who feel like they got uh, a raw deal or um, uh, Doug McIntyre from the daily news had a quote that I thought was pretty reasonable, which just basically said that he was more interested in settling his own yeah. personal scores uh, than actually reforming the department. Mm-hmm. It, it, he, he sort of ran on two fundamental ideas. One was sort of appealing to the, to the deputies um, that they had been treated too harshly over the last few yeah. years to, to, to win them over. And one was kicking ice out of the jails, which is how he won organizations like Churla and yep. a lot of people on the left. And he did uh, lean into that pretty hard. Uh, he did that this week. He basically started the process of doing that this week, kicking out the ice out of the jails and basically putting them in like a portable office on the lawn of the jails. Like basically he, he he's running like, oh, you thought I meant like literally <laughs> kicking them out of like the like the the, the penal system. Right. No, I just meant the physical jail building. They can still know who's coming out of the jails and we'll still hand over prisoners to them. Uh, we just won't allow them on the premises. It's, it's kind of like a uh, there's kind of like a monkey paw thing going on. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, it's, it's kind of interesting because I feel like um, I understand why Angelinos, especially at the, the during the campaign season last year, feel like. Somebody's coming into that that promises to get ice out of our jails. That's mm-hmm. very important. Um, I, I understand the pull there. I felt it personally. Um, what I want to know is like between our candidates, Jim McDonald, Ben Lindsay, Alex Villanueva for sheriff. 
this is the only guy who was willing to to say that I shouldn't be in our jails. I, yeah. That seems like and a even fundamental then, he problem. He didn't seem to really believe. He it. didn't seem to really care. It's like it, it it's kind of like a, a Trojan horse that then allows him to get in mm-hmm. and square up his uh, grievances with yes. his former supervisors and uh, enable abusers to to be part of the department. Yes. Scott's being very diplomatic. I uh, Every time I see a new Alex Villanueva story, I think about his smug face, Scott's, uh, who <laughs> was the person. I, we're on <laughs> record having a debate where I am fighting to endorse Alex Villanueva for sheriff uh, <laughs> that I am now totally embarrassed by. Uh, and I mean, I wish I could say that you were fighting for Jim McDonald, but you were just saying that we shouldn't weigh in on it at all. <laughs> and I, I think it, like in retrospect, you were definitely right. I mean, this guy has been a total disgrace in such a short time. So, so short of a time. Yeah. It's, it's really shocking. And, uh, and I hope that we don't go further down from here. So, uh, we have some LAPD action too. Uh, the day, uh, we recorded last week a huge investigation came out uh, from the L.A. Times from C- uh, Cindy Chang and Ben Poston, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, they they got all the numbers for uh, LAPD's Metro Division, which is like an elite division of the LAPD uh, for the drivers that they stop. Uh, and half of the drivers that they stop are black in a city that is 10 percent black. Yep. It's just a staggeringly huge number. And it also leaves, I mean, I would love, I didn't see in the investigation what percent of the rest of the 50% uh, are Latino. Right. You know, well, I mean, would they, in a city that is majority Latino, do they stop a white driver ever? This was, this was like very, uh, this is a very disturbing investigation. It follows on the heels of the LA Times' investigation at the end of last year that found uh, highway stops were being conducted disproportionately against uh, Latinx drivers by the sheriff's department. Um, So the the Times now is finding that the the police department involves in a similar set of tactics, but, uh, but on city streets and mostly... Uh, mostly impacting black Angelinos. I, I think what is really important here is that uh, in a follow-up article, Cindy Chang said that these were stops that were being conducted. Metro, uh, Metro PD was basically uh, conducting stops so that they could find, uh, they could have a pretext to get into driver's vehicles and find uh, potentially unlicensed mm-hmm. weapons or drugs or other larger things than the like broken taillight, for instance, that they're stopping people for. Um, that is really uh, upsetting and should be concerning to all Angelinos if you basically have uh, systematic uh, discrimination against black Angelinos in order to more or less, I, I don't know how else you would describe this, but to say, you're attempting to circumvent their civil rights, mm-hmm. their constitutional rights uh, regarding uh, search and seizure. So, like, I see somebody that has that didn't signal or whatever, and I'm just like, oh, well, I see that a black man is driving that car, so I want to know if he has weed in his dashboard or something like that. Um, but I don't have a probable cause to think that. I just think that because he's black... But he didn't signal, so now I can pull him over and get into his car. Uh, Our local police union, the Police Protective League, uh, called the statistical analysis that the LA Times did garbage. 
but there was an encouraging response from our uh, our new mayor uh <laughs> garcetti uh, uh <laughs> to sort of what to what you're saying Alyssa. he got involved in this right away yeah, i felt like he might not have said anything if it wasn't like the same t- you know time frame it would just seemed it was a it this was, was been immediately a few, before he announced yeah it right? was it was kind of in the same un- he before he unannounced, unannounced. i don't know what he said. <laughs> He's demanded our attention. Yeah, but he. I mean, we've demanded it. Wait, is that the right phrase? We, now I want to get deserve it. It. We, we, we deserve his attention. We deserve this. And he called for an audit. I like earned it because it's like the the weekend Fifty Shades of Grey thing, which <laughs> seems like it accurately <laughs> describes God. maybe how Garcetti sees the, it. The erotic dance we've been doing yeah. with our mayor. <laughs> I did. The audit is kind of interesting because it seems like that's kind of what the LA Times did. Uh, so I don't I'm know. I'm not right. sure what you audit beyond that, but you could do many more types of studies or absolutely. And there was a great, uh, investigation of people getting stopped for fare evasion on Metro, like uh, over a year ago, which was the same thing. Like people were being stopped, um, just because literal racial profiling happening from people uh, you right. know, trying to, you know, so you have this again, like our problems in our transportation system and people who aren't being stopped for maybe speeding are actually breaking the law and yep. killing pedestrians or it's okay to like drive away your car from an accident. Oh my God. I can't believe I just said that. Oh, oh no. Whoa. The A word. <laughs> wow. I think I'll have to sign off, <laughs> but uh, that it's okay to kill someone as long as you don't drive away. That's right. fine. Um, and, and, and even if you do, yeah, even if you do, it's probably fine, but we have to once again, hear about how people are, our streets are not being made safer by the people who are supposed to be making them safer and instead making people's lives miserable. Yes. Uh, and this was supposed to be a week when the LAPD was doing their victory lap for their crime statistics. Right. It was an interesting, there were two interesting things in this press conference that we watched um, with the new LA, because he, he's still not new. He's just our LAPD chief. Yeah. Um, they got up there and did the the statistics for uh, last year for crime and violent crime was down, um, but violent crime had been going up for the last few years. Actually, all the years that Garcetti has been office, mm-hmm. been in office, violent crime had been ticking back up. It just like slightly went down and yeah. they made this graph that they shared that was just so hilarious. And it was like violent crime is down. And the year they started the graph was 1992. Yeah. So the beginning of the graph looks hmm. like Splash Mountain, basically. Hmm. <laughs> like just a random year we chose. Like, let's just go back and just pick a random year to right. start this chart in. Um, and it was just, I was just getting the biggest kick out of that because part of the reason, of course, why you could argue that this is happening is that. Uh, maybe things aren't being reported. They're investigated the way that they need to be. And um, maybe that's because people are out stopping random people for uh, traffic violations that aren't as big of a deal. Yes. Um, We want to get into the rapidly unfolding. I mean, it's barely even a Huizar scandal anymore. Uh, It's now. Yeah, We need a new song, I was saying, because it's not really just him i know it's uh, going to all these different places it's bled out into another office now yeah. sort of um there's a guy named ray chan who we've talked about in the past uh on the show he was a deputy in the mayor's office 
and he also worked for uh, the building codes. He was the head of uh, head of the Department of Building and Safety. Heading, uh, yes, head of the Department of Building and Safety. We have a bit more background on him now. Th- th- we should say his his email was the one that was named in the search warrant that resulted in a lot of the information that we currently know about this case. Yes, it's established now that he was hitting up Chinese developers for fundraising. Uh, for an Asian heritage and event. Korean developers, not just Chinese, Chinese and yeah, Korean. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't just people named in the warrant, I would have to say. So it was like also people who are developing like the Wilshire Grand and all these other projects. And it seems like their argument was that once the deals were done, he would send the developers a, an email and say, hey, do you mind um, donating to this Asian Pacific Islander celebration, this cult- big cultural event that happened. And, you know, would you would you want to give some money? And they all did mm-hmm. because I guess they had just... Because they're friends. Gotten... Because <laughs> they're buddies. <laughs> because it made a lot of sense, maybe, he argued, or some of the developers argued for a Korean or Chinese developer to support such a celebration. It, it is worth noting that not only was Ray Chan uh, Garcetti's Deputy Mayor for Economic Development, um, Emily Alpert Reyes and David Zonazer, who have been all over this story, um, have now noted that he was the 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 specific focus of the economic development that Ray Chan was tasked with was attracting new sources of capital from China and mm-hmm. mainland Asia. I think more generally. So so yeah, like he was brought in because he had these connections to, uh, I mean, ostensibly because he had these connections to Chinese developers. Although, as you say, Alyssa, there was also like uh, AC Martin and partners or, or whatever it is that did the, the Wilshire Grand. Uh, but he is, once the project is completed, going back and asking, hey, just as a favor, would you mind com- contributing to my uh, contributing to my festival or whatever, mm-hmm. my heritage fund? Um how could this have gone wrong? How could the guy this... who was brought in to, because of his cozy relationships with Chinese developers? And according to, uh, according to people who have worked with the, the Ethics Commission in the past, potentially there's nothing wrong with that currently. As, as far as city rules are, are concerned, there's no direct ethics violation. It feels most like we are getting the developers to donate to his, these same developers, by the way, right. to <laughs> donate to his high school. Uh, so right. these uh, these developers are really, you know, uh, throw, passing out money to a lot of stuff that's yeah. uh, that's not buildings where it gets iffy, I think, is where this money necessarily goes for example jose huizar's wife is paid by the school to fundraise how much of her salary from the school is kind of coming out of these donations does all the money that goes into this asian pacific islander heritage heritage festival which by the way i had never heard of before (laughs) well it was the party of the year i mean i had to have been all the the money that went into this it was a bit yeah there was one email that was like i think we might get like $80,000 $80,000 donated, right? It was, it was like an outrageous amount of money that was like yeah. being donated. I hope I get that. You would Maybe think that's it, not right. You would think it would have a bigger marketing budget. No, it, <laughs> it was a big deal. I mean, it was this, uh, it was a cultural affairs. Uh, I think it was from the cultural affairs department where they did do artworks and uh, installations and performances, you know, over this big period of time. I mean, I'm not trying to say we shouldn't 
have these great, awesome cultural it and, was actually, and heritage It festivals. was actually a big deal. It was a big thing and it did happen. Okay. But, but, <laughs> it's good that someone knows it, it, it did happen. happen. Um, but I think the, the, the weird part of it, which I think one developer, maybe it was AC Martin, did speak to this. Like, oh, we didn't, it made sense for us to donate, but we didn't donate until like the deal was done. Like there's nothing they could have done for us at that point or something like that. You right? kind of wonder, yeah, there's nothing they could have done for us at that point. But I, then I don't, you have to look back and you're like, the Wilshire Grant is still like probably asking for things or yeah. needing things. And it just, it's one of those things where maybe nothing was illegal or wrong, but it just makes you feel a little unsettled. N- notably, and something that I'm just thinking of as you're you're mentioning this, notably, the, the Wilshire Grand was like the first major skyscraper in modern LA history that was excused from the onerous uh, fire department, uh, mm-hmm. the flat top, basically. That's right. That's why it has uh, a, has a mullet. Helipad or right. it, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does have a mullet. Mohawk <laughs> mullet? Exactly I don't know. Right. What is it? Like, it's like, um, which is, like which was a, a major thing. A mohawk, and and Garcetti was the... personally involved in saying, like they got rid of the ordinance shortly right. after were, that. Yeah. But at the time it was still enforced uh, locally and, and the Wilshire Grand was asking for a major exemption from the city that had not really been given to anybody else. Um, and I, th- doesn't the hotel subsidy come up every year? Yeah. I mean, there's still a huge amounts of money at state to either be awarded to mm-hmm. this, like all of these buildings or not right year to year. Right. So the idea that like, Oh, was this transaction done. is finished. The, the, the final document is signed and any money is now free to change hands from this point forward. Yeah. I, I think it also brings up an interesting question that I have almost every time Emily Alpert Reyes writes anything, which is, what the hell does the LA City Ethics Commission actually do? This seems yes. to be the most feckless <laughs> body in the entire city that n- literally nobody is afraid of. Even the yeah. Seabreeze development, I think they find the people involved like a couple thousand dollars or yeah. something like that before the indictment came down for uh, Sunny Lung or, or whatever. Um, nobody is scared of the City Ethics no, Commission. No. It, it doesn't really seem like they have much... Uh, in the way of teeth. So, so we yeah. should talk about how the one other development, and I, I also want to reiterate that the developers and the Wilshire Grand were not named in the FBI's original right. warrant or anything. So they were yeah. just the one developer that chimed in about why they donated um, to this Heritage Festival. But we do have another council member's office in a way kind of linked to this whole conversation, but with also an interesting situation because um, David Rue has... Uh, another council member has kind of proposed reforms that would address potentially some of these challenges. I'm Mm -hmm. saying in like the most vague words possible. (laughs) (laughs) Ethical challenge. Would they though? Because that was specifically about donations, which are currently allowed. But we're, that was about campaign donations. Campaign donations. But uh, again, this is we're about, talking about his, his office yeah. was involved in receiving the donations. There are uh, he his, was also on this planning committee. His, yeah. his, his and his staff yeah. are on email chains uh, where with Ray Chan, where right. he's talking about getting money from developers, which is a donation, uh, and it's not going into campaign funds, but it is going into stuff that is, is important to the council members. It, it is. Infuri- I'm happy that they were able to to find these emails, but it's somewhat infuriating to know that people are just like sending like 
hey, I'm going to ask this guy to uh, engage in borderline corruption smiley face in, in their yeah. email accounts. I mean, so, but th- I, I think that a question that's going to come out of this is how much of this is just standard operating procedure at this point, the kind of legitimized corruption where it's just like, this is how we do business. We did these guys a giant favor by letting them build the building in downtown Let's let LA. let them have a booth at the Heritage <laughs> Festival and they can like sponsor an artist. I mean, yes, th- it's not that strange. I don't right. know. Right. I mean, the kind of like, this is just how it works yeah. game and right. how much of it is the like, okay, we are very aware that this is illegal. Uh, why are Jose Huizar's uh, mother and brother <laughs> involved in this yeah, indictment? <laughs> you know, like I think certain things are going right. to come back and be like that people sort of knew uh, that this was an issue. So to be continued and maybe we need a new theme song for this. Yeah, we'll take pitches. For this. <laughs> or new. <laughs> Weezer released that whole cover album. that we <laughs> Some no scrubs. I don't know. We, we want yeah, to. I refuse. Yeah, we, I absolutely <laughs> refuse to be associated with that. Thank you for listening to LA Podcast. Uh, and I can announce on the show, breaking news, the Rams lost. Oh. So, when you're there at... at- Stan Cranky's house. Will you ask him how to pronounce his name so I can get it right next time? <laughs> there will be no next time. We'll we'll be, yeah, what remains of the city of L.A. Uh, we'll be back to talk about next week on L.A. Podcast. I think we're named New Boston. Now. <laughs> I think that was part of the deal. <laughs>